Hello, and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast for the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. I'm your host, Ariel Frame. And I am Yimin Chen. Today, we have a guest who is a master's student in the electrical and computer engineering department. Her name is Hera Nadim. Welcome, Hera. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Hera. Um, Hera, why don't you start us off by telling us about your program? It's kind of an interesting program. I don't think we've had anyone from your program before. Why don't you tell us sort of what your program's about? Sure. Um, I'm so I'm in the electrical and computer engineering department. I um, am working in the collaborative program with the Institute for Earth and Space Exploration. Um, so I just started in January and kind of some of the things that I'll work on um, is, um, you know, autonomous systems and just for earth and space applications. Uh, currently I'm working on a project um, with a sustainable neighborhood in London, Ontario. So that's a project that's just starting up and uh, we're basically working on the infrastructure for the autonomous cars to operate in this neighborhood. So it's really interesting to get kind of right into this project, you know, starting just a couple months ago. Cool. So a couple months, and by that mean, and by that you mean basically you started about two months ago. You're super <laughs> fresh uh, at Western here. And so when you say autonomous, uh, and, and, you know, self-driving cars, are, are you saying that you, you work with robots? Um, yes. So due to COVID, obviously I have not seen these robots, but, um, we have heard about them and, um, some of the, some of the people on the project are working specifically on the robotic instruments for, you know, refueling these cars. Um, so yeah, I think ultimately through this program, the goal will be to, um, uh, to work on robots and both for, for Earth and space. Right. So you mentioned space as well. Is this to say that um, sort of entering into electrical and computer engineering is just sort of a stepping stone for what perhaps is your true ambition to explore the cosmos? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I did my undergraduate degree in electrical engineering. And so that was a lot of like theory and power systems and um, learning the basics. So doing this master's here um, with my supervisor, Dr. Kenneth McIsaac has been really great just hearing about the, uh, the potential projects to apply this background I have in electrical engineering. Um, so yeah, it was absolutely a stepping stone. Um, and I think it's really great to see different disciplines in engineering also kind of applying their backgrounds to space. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's one of the, just one of the ways that you can do that is with electrical engineering. Right. And so like you just started here in January, like, uh, like I said, about two months ago, and that's because you're, you know, you're like hot off of a fellowship. Is that right? You were in San Francisco doing all sorts of really neato space things? Yeah, yeah. So um, a little bit about that is I 
uh, was accepted into this fellowship called the Brooke Owens Fellowship. Mm. And so it's a, it's a program that's primarily for U.S. students, but um, they've, op- they've had it open to international students since its inception um, four to five years ago. Um, and basically, it was created by these pretty major names in, in the aerospace history in the States, including the ex-Deputy Deputy Administrator of NASA, Lori Garver, um, and as well, William Pomerantz from Virgin Orbit, uh, and Cassie uh, Lee Coldenbrands from uh, the UNUSA Space for Women Network. Um, and she does a lot of other stuff. They all do so many things, but they are some pretty big people in the aerospace industry in the U.S., um, and so when their good friend, uh, Don Brooke Owens, uh, passed from cancer, they made this fellowship in her name to help elevate and support um, women and gender minorities trying to enter the space industry. Um, so that's where the Brooke Owens Fellowship was born. And I saw it, uh, I heard about it kind of on LinkedIn. And I was like, well, this is really cool. But I didn't think I could do it because U.S. space is very uh, hard for international people to work. Uh, and be a part of due to, you know, defense contracts and, you know, a lot of, you know, issues in that way. Um, But uh, yeah, when I saw that you didn't have to be based in the U.S. and you could be a a student abroad, that that was like really interesting. And so I applied, not even thinking I had a shot at at all. Um, And by some, some crazy strike of luck, I was able to make it through. It was a very grueling process from uh, submitting it in early fall of 2019 to going through the you know different interview processes all the way up until December when they matched me with my host company, which ended up being Planet Labs in San Francisco um, and announcing that I was part of the fellowship. And so I joined 40 other women and gender minorities in the aerospace industry. Um, I was the first Canadian to be selected for this program, which was really interesting. Um, And it was just crazy to me that more people from Canada had not heard of this. Um, And so I really hope more Canadians apply and that we can find opportunities for more Canadians. Um, But yeah, it was myself was one of the international students that that year, as well as a girl from Poland. Uh, and so we were really excited because we both got matched with Planet Labs. So we were both going to go to Planet together and like work. Um, but then COVID happened and the visa ban happened. And so uh, there was a lot of complications for me to get to San Francisco. Um, but, uh, you know, Planet is a great company. Uh, so to give you some background on what Planet is there, Uh, an Earth observation satellite company. They have the largest fleet of Earth observation satellites in orbit around the Earth. So anytime you probably see uh, a picture of um, the Earth and like changes, um, for example, most recently last summer when the um, street was painted with the Black Lives Matter uh, in DC, they captured a photo of that from above with their SkySat because they're able to kind of task them to take pictures at at um, at any given time. So anytime you see those pictures, it's probably planet. And so I, yeah, I was really excited to get to work with them. And yes, so all, all problems and pandemic aside, they were able to get me to San Francisco in the fall of last year, which delayed my master's to start in January. So I'm really grateful to Western and my supervisor being so understanding and able to make that work. Um, But yeah, I got to be around satellites and touch them and I even got to make some art for the side of one and 
they launched that on the SpaceX rocket um, in January. So it was really cool to like watch this huge fleet of satellites that I got to touch and see and, and, and go through the process of and they all made it into space. And that was something that I touched. Um, so it was a really, really cool experience. So um, Planet sounds like a pretty interesting uh, and really influential company, really important company. Um, what was uh, what, what was your role when you did your internship there? Um, what did you learn? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was a manufacturing and test engineering intern. And so that kind of combined both my background in electrical engineering, as well as some of the computer engineering aspects. Um, and it had some implications for mechanical engineering. Um, but the best part about any kind of job is that it doesn't have to fit into what you did in school um you're able to learn so you know just kind of go for it um so i worked on the engineering test equipment and so when you test a satellite a lot you want the testing to be very consistent for each satellite um so having an autonomous system that you can or sorry an automated system that you uh you know program and you just kind of click start and it does the test the same way for each satellite um, that's kind of what Planet has built up in their own uh, manufacturing production line. So my job was to kind of support that. And, you know, the team has done a great job of like making everything super automated and, and run really smoothly. You know, they pump out, uh, they pumped out 48 satellites for this recent launch, which is a huge, huge feat. Um, so to do that, you need to have a really, really stringent process. So, um, I worked on a, a small project uh, on one of their subsystems and uh, it was a really cool experience to work with all these like really cool Silicon Valley like software engineers and um, you know my manager had worked at Tesla prior so it was really cool to be around these like cool people and um, be supported in that environment um, and yeah I was doing like engineering stuff but they were really welcoming to me to kind of just like be on the production line and help with assembly or testing and um yeah I, I just got to like move move the satellites to each station and like watch them do their thing and if there were the limits so if you test something and it doesn't go as you expected um most of the time the engineers will know why and they can fix it um so I was just basically like oh this doesn't work can someone explain this to me so they through the testing process you can learn a lot about what a satellite does and like what it should do. Um, so it was a really interesting experience to kind of like get on that level and understand how that would affect the design of the satellite at the beginning. Um, yeah, so <laughs> it was really just an overall very good experience. That sounds fantastic. That sounds like an amazing experience that you had and really valuable practical experience really. Uh, it makes me wonder now with your work um, in more of a, an academic environment, um, are you going to be applying those practical skills here? You mentioned autonomous vehicles. Maybe you'll get your hands on, on an actual vehicle in, in person here. Is that how you plan to do your research now? Yeah, absolutely. I think like having that experience with manufacturing, um, you know, Planet not being my only, the only job I've done in manufacturing. Um, I also worked in Toronto at another company. Um, I'm very used to having my hands on like some kind of some, 
you know, instrumentation or anything like that, that I'm trying to understand and trying to work with. So this project that I'm working on with my research group right now, um, we'll have a lot of that down the line is what we hope. Um, if things are, you know, more welcoming to in-person interaction. Um, but right now what I'm working on is more of a design of, of like a electrical uh, printed circuit board. So that will require me to, you know, design it and then make it and then test it. So I think I'll definitely have a lot of opportunities to, to do that hands-on aspect. Um, and I think my supervisor is very willing to, you know, find me projects and things to do that will kind of feed that passion as well. So I'm excited. So Hera, you also, uh, you mentioned that you wanted to eventually work on more space-related projects. Um, of course, you're sort of very early in the process right now, but what sorts of projects do you hope to, do you see yourself working on in say the coming years? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what can happen in the next few years. I think this is a great time for Canadian space. Um, we're, we're signing on with a lot of interesting projects. You know, most recently, um, in the past two years, we signed on with the Lunar Gateway um, project, as well as we recently signed on um, to send astronauts, Canadian astronauts on the Artemis mission and, you know, the next um, launch to the moon. Um, and Western is very instrumental in that, you know, uh, through the Institute for Earth and Space Exploration, they do a lot of work to make sure that Western is there and Western is at that forefront, um, bringing their graduate students, bringing their resources, um, participate in the Canadian space industry. So I think it's a great time right now that there's a lot of options for what I could work on, a lot of projects that could come up, um, primarily based on my uh, experience at Planet, I'm really interested in how to use satellite data. Another part of my research group is, um, well, part of that autonomous aspect is that we use a lot of machine learning and predictions and understanding like how, um, you know, what the data is like and what the data is saying. So I think satellite data is a very interesting um, you know, thing in this industry. And we can learn a lot from, from, from space. So like how does the climate change and how does um, food security change based on the climate? And can we detect floods? Can we, you know, detect forest fires? And like, how can we help people who are, you know, affected by, you know, natural disasters? So there's a lot that we can do. And I think um, that's kind of like an immediate thing that I see myself working on is kind of understanding satellite data and like using machine learning tools to make um, good predictions. But down the line, like a big reason why I was really excited about coming to Western and working in the collaborative program um, is to eventually work on space missions like, you know, the recent Perseverance um, Mars mission. Uh, and, you know, there's another Western graduate who was at, um, who was working hands-on um, down at JPL, you know, operating this rover. So it's like very in line that, you know, it's a possibility that, you know, I could be at, at my master's in Western in a few years, I could be working off like really cool exploratory missions. And that's kind of my goal. I'd, I'd love to, you know, either work at the CSA and operate the Canada arm or go down to JPL and work on a rover, like whatever, wherever life takes me. Like, I think that'd be really cool. Now that you've had uh, this, worldly experience going to uh america and getting involved and understanding you know their system 
I think that, um, you know, a lot of people, when they think space, they think NASA. That's like the only thing I would have been able to think of in terms of space. I don't even really know what the acronym in it is for Canadian for a Canadian space agency. I could guess, but I'm not going to. Could you please tell us about how the Canadian Space Agency, whatever it's called, uh, fares compared to other space agencies around the world? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you got it right on the nose. Canadian Space Agency, CSA, um, they also go by AFC in French because we're bilingual in this country. So Agency Spatiale Canadienne. Um, I'm really working on my French. I, it would be great to, to be also bilingual if I want to work in the Canadian industry. Um, but yeah, so Canada is definitely, everyone knows it, is not as big as NASA. NASA has a lot of, you know, propaganda, well, not really negative, very good um, branding and marketing. And a lot of people are excited about NASA always. And it always has been just from the beginning. You know, when we went to the moon, you know, NASA was the forefront, even though all these other countries were working on it together. Um, but that's just, you know, the reality of it. You know, you have kids running around with NASA t-shirts. Um, how many have you seen with CSA t-shirts? And I, I would love to change that. I would love to be very proud of the CSA. And there's a lot of reason to be, you know, we have achieved a lot as Canadians, you know, even just the fact that you can look at the ISS and you can see this thing with a huge Canadian flag and Canadarm, like that's a big, big feat. Um, and, and it took Canadians and, and, you know, the CSA's support and, and their contribution to get us there. Um, and it's gonna continue, um, you know, we are, the people, you know, Canadians are the ones who are at the forefront of robotics and, and space. Um, and, and satellite telecommunication is major. Um, you know, I think being the third country to go to, to launch a satellite, and we're very active in the um, communications realm. But yeah, we don't, we don't really talk about it. We're not as like well-branded, but I'm very hopeful because recently um, the CSA has new leadership with Lisa Campbell. And I feel, I feel the change because she is this person who is like us, who's very excited about space. And I've never met her, but just like hearing how other people have interacted with her, people within the industry that I do know, within the agency who I know, um, and just like they they're excited. So I feel hopeful that, you know, this is a new era for CSA and, you know, for Canadians and we're pushing something. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll never be like NASA, but I think we have something else, you know, here and we should nurture that and see where it goes. <laughs> you know, I think you make a really great point there because I had no idea that Canada was the third country to put a satellite into, into space. Yeah. And I mean, we do a lot of stuff like, I, I mean, the LIDAR, I think, oh, I wish I, I knew more space facts. I just know that <laughs> space is great and Canada is great in space. But I think the LIDAR on one of the instruments that went to, to, to Mars, that was a Canadian contribution. I feel like it's one of the rovers. Someone's going to like comment about this and be like, man, you should have known this. Because I think <laughs> someone, people from Western have been involved with that. But anyway, like, oh yeah, it was, I think the LiDAR that detected water. Yeah, you can fact check, you can Google it. But okay. so Canadians have been involved in a lot of ways. We're very good at this instrumentation, the scientific exploration, but yeah, we're just, you know, we're not like the, the ones who are like 
talking about it all the time. So we're, we're, we're everywhere. We're on everything. And even like the lunar lander for when we landed on the moon for the first time, it was like the, the little feet that was were Canadian, but the pads were American. So really it was Americans who were on, on, on the moon first, but we were second, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So it sounds like it's not our technical expertise. We just need a, a much better marketing and advertising department. Honestly, that's part of it. Like, I think a lot of this is like really crucial with science communication is a, is a thing that we're seeing a lot of. Um, and a lot of, again, a lot of people from Western are, are very into um, uh, science communication and education. I think education is a big part of anything. Like even with climate change, even with the pandemic, like understanding what you're learning and, and having that education, that backing makes you trust things more, makes you more passionate about things, makes you more committed to that thing. Um, so I think that's very important with, with science and, and space is that the more you know about it, the more excited you are and the more interested you are. If you can see yourself in space, um, you know, seeing that they, they that agencies need a good marketing person, like marketing people probably aren't realizing that most of the time that they could work at a space agency, that they could work at a cool space startup, that they could work in space and be a part of that mission to get there. But space is literally just another place. You know, it's, we got stuff on earth, everything we need on earth, we need in space as well. We need lawyers. We need, we need um, medical professionals. We need, you know, biologists. We need um, botanists. We need, we need everyone because we got to get there. So that's uh, really cool how you are clearly in, in incredibly passionate about space in general <laughs> everywhere and canadian space uh you know exploration and and um engineering um what uh what initiated this this interest how did you get how did you get involved in this yeah i mean i think it started with when i was in undergrad i had always been really interested in space from a young age, I remember watching, you know, launches, rocket launches and being like, wow, that's really cool. And those people, they did that. But I wasn't more so interested in the people who were on the rocket. I was more like, wow, look at those people on the ground and mission control. They're all like hugging each other and, you know, throwing up their hats and everything. So I was really excited about those people. And I wanted to be one of those people. You know, I was always scared of roller coasters. So I never thought I would be on a rocket at any time. But I, I felt like, you know, that sense of community, those people who are really excited um, were the most interesting. And so that kind of led to, you know, reading Cosmos and by Carl Sagan and like watching, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about about space. And that was always kind of there, but I never thought of it as a career path until I got to university because um, I had initially decided either I'll do astrophysics or I'll go to um, engineering and, you know, being someone from an immigrant family um, and, you know, practical and like, you know, what, what, are you, what is going to give you job security? Even though my parents have always been very supportive of me doing anything that I want, um, that kind of practical, pragmatic mindset has stuck with me. So I was like, well, it's a good fallback if I do engineering, because if I can't get a job in what I want to do, or if it's not something quite in line with, you know, my passions, at least I'll be employable. Um, and so I didn't think there was a, a line, which is like, looking back on it, like, how, how would I have not known that engineers could get jobs in space? Like, I specifically thought you had to be an aerospace engineer. Um, but as an electrical engineer, I was like, there's no jobs for me. 
And so it kind of led me to finding those other people who were getting into space regardless of their background. Um, and I learned very quickly that electrical engineers are needed. Um, and so I had started a club in my undergraduate um, at, at school um, through the Planetary Society, which is, you know, Carl Sagan started that. Um, and, you know, that kind of catalyst like got me to, you know, meeting more people and building a sense of community around other people who were interested in space and uh, went on to work with SETS Canada, who is the students for the Exploration Development of Space Canada, um, who, you know, make opportunities like they have this like cool project where you can send like students compete um, four teams get to go on a flight um, on a parabolic flight, which is microgravity. So you get to see a bunch of kids floating in space pretty much, which is really cool. So it was like all of these experiences, you know, volunteering um, and just like hearing other people's stories in Canada who are excited about space, who are looking for jobs in space from different backgrounds and, you know, relating to them in many ways and understanding that I had a, a more privilege in terms of, you know, the, the career path that I'm on is more employable in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, being able to take time off of school because I live at home and my parents, you know, don't mind me taking the car to go to a conference and realizing that there's a lot of opportunities for other people that I could, you know, be a part of. So this, yeah, all of this kind of stuff led me to be really passionate about trying to find opportunities for myself, for other people and like working together. Oh. So, I mean, speaking of, doing whatever you want. Um, I'm wondering, is there a space-related project that you know you have in mind? If you were given uh, you know, like a pie in the sky, unlimited budget, whatever you wanted to do, is there something that you've always dreamed of? Oh man, yeah, that's a big question. Um, honestly, like it sounds really practical again, like this is me being pragmatic, but <laughs> I'm like really interested in space junk. Like I'm just like kind of concerned about it. Like there's a lot of it. And honestly, I don't know that much, but it would be really cool if I could like work on a project. If I had a lot of money, thought like vacuum suck space junk into a, a some kind of space vacuum that didn't just like compressed it like Wally style and like ejected it at the sun like that would be really great and I feel like with the right number we could do it but yeah I'm I don't know space junk is something because like I'm I'm someone who's interested in satellites and I'm like okay let me toss a bunch of satellites up there but then what happens if they break or if we can't use them anymore they're just going to float around and then they could hit the ISS they could hit a person they could hit another satellite um so yeah that's always been something you guys should check out um there's a lot of websites that do this but it's like Oh, I can't remember the name, but it's stuff in dot space, stuff in dot space. That website kind of shows you all of the satellites that are currently orbiting the Earth, and um, it's crazy. Wow, that uh, <laughs> that's a really crazy thing to think about. <laughs> I hadn't uh, hadn't thought about that a lot, but I mean, I'm I'm guessing that there's a lot going up going on up there <laughs> if it needs to be. Uh cleaned up for any reason you mentioned um volunteering and um you know a club that you were involved in in your undergrad are you uh still involved in any extracurricular type spacey thing right now yes so um i recently co-founded a 
fellowship program similar to the Brooke Owens Fellowship called, well, so a foundation called the uh, Zenith Canada Pathways Foundation. Um, and our goal is to deliver a similar fellowship to the Brooke Owens Fellowship called the Zenith Fellowship. Um, and so this was like kind of inspired from my own application with the Brooke Owens Fellowship and, you know, realizing that I had a very slim shot to get into this fellowship. And I was very inspired by the people part of it and the community aspect and just the opportunities. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. I wish more Canadians could be part of this. But like, I've had great experiences in Canada, you know, the communities that I've seen through conferences and traveling across Canada and talking to people about space. Like, I know there's a lot of passion here. And I also know there's jobs here. Um, so I was, you know, kind of thinking at that time, like, why isn't this here in Canada? And like, how can we get it in Canada? I remember talking to a lot of people about the potential of a program in Canada and all of them were like, it's a lot of work and, you know, it's a lot of time, it's a lot of money. And I was like, I'm a student, like, I would love to do it, but I just, I'm a student. Um, so it wasn't until I got into the program and I had talked to the founders of the program that they were encouraging me, like, why don't you do it? And like, you know, you should go for it. Like, we are going to support whoever wants to do it anywhere across the borders, like, Please do it. And um, yeah, um, they ended up connecting me with uh, someone in Calgary named Tahir Morali, who is my co-founder now. And he had kind of started a program. And, you know, when we got connected, we worked on it together to bring it to what it is now, which is the Zenith Canada Pathways Foundation. Um, and we built up a team. And uh, yeah, we're just, we're, we're slated to kind of launch the application in September, October timeframe to get our first class of fellows announced in early next year. So it's pretty exciting. Um, it's like a pretty big undertaking, but it's so amazing to be in this, you know, community and like learning from all these people and talking with all these people and um, working together to bring something here in Canada that makes, you know, people just as excited as Brooke Owens made me. Sounds very inspiring. <laughs> Um, you know, you know, you know, it's exciting what you're working on when, um, I'm hearing you and like rethinking my life choices and going, wow, that sounds amazing. Why didn't I do that? <laughs> so, but, uh, so, um, looking forward to, you know, hearing about more of your, um, you know, achievements going forward, uh, with your, um, extracurricular stuff and your, <laughs> projects in the background and your degree program um that you're doing right now um just to you know final final word here if people want to find you on the interwebs and get in touch about any of this stuff uh where can they find you yeah for sure um i have a twitter uh, my my handle is hera in space so that's h-i-r-a in space um and yeah, I'm sure I'll also be posting about the research and the projects I work on there. Um, and you can find some of my space art as well. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I also have uh, one final question. Um, do you have a favorite robot, whether Ooh. real or fictional? Man, I mean, it's gotta be Wally. Like he was the original. He was, I knew about Curiosity at the time, but like, you know, Wally is just amazing. I, I feel like we should work on making a real life Wally. I'm sure people have, but I think that that should be a life goal of mine. So definitely Wally. 
Percy is a close second. Perseverance is a close second now. Wally's definitely cuter. <laughs> but you, you should work on that here at Western. And Wally from Western is, uh, is going to be a thing in the future. Imagine uh, if yeah. you could get co-branded with Disney. That would, you know, oh really... There's that um, money you need. Yeah. yeah so. Built-in advertising. Well, exactly. Hera, thank you for coming on the show. Um, it's been great having you. Uh, we're just out of time, so we're going to wrap it up. This has been Gradcast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Dario Frame, and my co-host was Yimin Chen. Today's episode was, well, will be produced also by me simultaneously. Um, if you would like to listen to any of our archived episodes, uh, you can go to our website, gradcast.ca, or you can find us wherever podcasts are available, including Spotify. I know people like that nowadays. Uh, we are on the radio here in london uh, at 94.9 fm radio western and um some episodes are available on youtube as a video video version uh, and that's at gradcast radio if you want to get a hold of us uh, you can find us on social media twitter instagram facebook at gradcast radio and if you want to come on the show if you want to sit where i'm sitting if you want to sit where here us sat today uh, you can email us, gradcastradio at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.